This is bourbonblog.com. Nice. Very nice. It's Matt Jamie of Bourbon Barrel Foods. And Matt actually has a, a, a device that is uh, holding his camera. You're, you're traveling around in Louisville. You're making all kinds of bourbon barrel food runs tonight, aren't you? Yeah, it's a small town. So Trey Zoller and I are, are close friends, but our daughters are our besties. And um, they're hanging out together tonight. That's very exciting. Well, you're there driving. I, I've, uh, I've, you know what? I've really been a big fan of uh, this uh, this book that you that you put out. Was that about a year or two ago? How when did you release this book? Yeah, 2017. Uh, we we released it in November. Right. Uh, Black Friday. Black Friday. Black Friday. Some great recipes and really the story of of what you did. I was. I think you told me before back when you started Bourbon Barrel Food. I was like the first guy that interviewed you, right? You were, you were at Bourbon Fest. That's right, at Bourbon Fest. What what year did you start it off in? Oh nine or when was it? Six. Was started it six? In 06. I yeah. knew it was a while back. So. My, my my first year in Bardstown for that festival was uh, by seventeen or I'm sorry, seven or eight. Two thousand seven, right. two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's been fun to watch what you've watch what you've grown. Uh, now there's so many people using your products uh, across the um, across the world. What what? How did this whole thing start? You started with the soy sauce. What really gave you this idea to start Bourbon Barrel Foods? Well, the Bourbon Barrel Foods, like the whole like what it is right now, wasn't even a thought when I wanted to start my company. I, I wanted to do a soy sauce brewery, and I just thought that you know I lived in Louisville and everything kind of lined up to make it a pretty unique product and uh, bourbon really you know was just kind of starting its in its popularity um, and I thought I could ride the coattails with doing something unique like that and then I had to figure out how to pay for it so I started doing bourbon smoked spices barrel aged sauces and and then it just kind of evolved which is, you know. I think we, oh, there he is. Say that once again. Call me. You there? Yeah, okay. Say that once again. It evolved. I got that part. Fuck. Hey, do I have you? Yeah, you have me now. Go ahead. So you were going to have a, a soy sauce uh, brewery. You there? Yes, I'm right here. Can you hear me? Not sure if I can't hear you, Tom. If uh, if Trey, can anyone else hear me? What I'll back. what I'll do is I'll let me add you back here. Uh, can everybody else? Can, can you make sure can we have sound? Let's make sure we have sound. Tell me down below. Okay, now can you hear me, uh, uh, Matt? Matt will come right back. And uh, if you can hear us down below, I tell you what I'm doing right now. I'm going to show you what I'm having. I'm having some Woodford Reserve chocolate bitters, and I do believe I have sound. But tell me down below if you can hear me. I think he was just having trouble hearing me. Uh, here's Matt. Matt's back. Can you hear me, Matt? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Are you able to hear me, Matt? Can you hear me, Matt? I'm going to tell Matt. Damn it. Here, I'll tell you what we'll the do. The audio is not working. Audio is not working. I can hear you. Let me just tell Matt uh, what's happening here. I'm going to call him up and just tell him. Uh, while you all watch us uh, drink... This great drink. 
Um, <laughs> hey, the audio stopped working. Okay, I have you on speakerphone here. Yeah, I could hear you just fine. If you want to just try rejoining the the, the broadcast, just press that um, link I gave you, and then you should be back in with no problem. Okay. Okay. All right. All right thanks. You didn't hear me swearing, did you? No, uh, not okay. at all. I might have, but that's okay. What we're doing though is we're having a uh, a Woodford Reserve chocolate bitters Manhattan that has been made with some of the Copper and Kings brandy, also from Louisville. And uh, at the moment, Annabelle's also making for us uh, with some Old Forester, a drink with some of the Old Forester bitters. I can just show you, there's so many bitters they have, so many great bitters. And let's see if we have, can you hear us, Matt? Yeah, I'm back, sorry. All right, you can hear us, no problem. So I was just saying, we are tasting the Woodford Reserve chocolate bitters. Uh, used in a Copper and King's Brandy Manhattan is what we made. And these, uh, tell me about what you do with your bitters. Your bitters, I've been tasting and playing with uh, a variety of them the last day or so. What makes these bitters so unique? Well, so the, the relationship that I have with Woodford Reserve is uh, I developed their cocktail products for them. Right. And about nine years ago, Chris Morris asked us to develop uh, some bitters and they were all developed around the Woodford Reserve flavor wheel. And so each one of them can be used individually or you can layer them on top of each other. They all wow. are designed to complement Woodford Reserve Distiller Select, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been a fun project for us. I think that it's been nine years that we've been doing that for them. And they're all barrel aged. Right. So these these bitters will actually go into what a used Woodford barrel and, and you make the bitters and then they go into the, the used barrel. Yep. It's just that simple. <laughs> about how about how long do you age them for? Uh, they're in there about six weeks. You know, about six uh, weeks. most of what we've found is that in those used barrels, the uh the flavor is pulled out within the first two to three weeks. Two to three weeks really gets that yeah. first amount for, for bitters or for your soy sauce as well? Just in general. You in know, general. The soy sauce, it's a little different. There's about 200 identifiable flavors in soy sauce. Wow. Uh, so it's it's a sharp palate to pick out that charred oak. Uh, right. But it does, it, it does change the flavor. But the soy sauce is in there for a year. Is in there for a year, but a lot of that initial flavor does come in those first several weeks. I pulled up on the screen the, uh, and I'm very familiar with the Woodford Reserve uh, flavor wheels well, and I've 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 had a lot of fun making some flavor wheels of my own. But this particular one has the specific flavors we're really going to see in the Woodford Reserve line. Now, as you look at this flavor wheel, what was your uh, what were your thoughts? How did you go about the process of creating? Uh, the, the product line to complement Woodford? Well, we we did, uh, the first one we released was the Spiced Cherry. Okay. Um, and so you'll see that, you know, whenever, if you go to Woodford Reserve and you're doing their tasting, you know, you, your taste, they give you some, some tart cherries, like dried tart cherries to taste. Right. All right. And then, uh, you know, there's, you've, you've sampled the chocolate one. So they'll give you a piece of chocolate to taste and then they'll ask you to sip the bourbon and it helps you to pick up on those chocolatey notes. Uh, they'll give you a little bit of sorghum as well. 
Right. Uh, so we do a sorghum and sassafras bitters where, you know, my company, Bourbon Barrel Foods, does a bourbon barrel aged sorghum. Um, and so once we empty those barrels, we put the bitters in there and age it. So it's kind of pulling, you know, sorghum's a sticky, thick product. And so the bitters just kind of helps, you know, act as a spatula, I guess, to kind of scrape those, that extra uh, bit that we couldn't get out of the barrel and it goes into the bitters. Uh, wow. You know, we do the orange as well. Uh, and then there's uh, aromatic, which is kind of like our baseline. Maybe, you know, I could compare it to like Angostura or something. Yes. No, they're, they're, they're all delicious. And again, all aged for about six weeks in used Woodford barrels. So not only was the intention to come up with those flavors that would complement Woodford at the end of the day, but even when you first started making these, you were looking for the flavors as you made the bitters that would complement Woodford, right? Correct. Correct. And for people that are watching that, you know, they know a little bit about bitters, but they don't, you know, seeing bitters made. How do you, how do you make bitters? How do you make these? Well, bitters uh, are called bitters because they typically are made up of one of three bitter elements in nature, uh, quassia bark, wormwood, or gentian root. Um, you know, they were first used in a cocktail, I don't know how many years ago, probably a hundred. Um, I think the Sazerac may have been the first one where they used bitters in there, but before that, they were kind of thought of as, you know, kind of... Uh, having some phytonutrient properties in them. Right. Um, so, but these days in cocktail usage, bitters is more of a, a balancer. It's like a condiment for your cocktail. Right. It's like that butter or that ketchup and mustard that just does a little something else to it that elevates it, right? The salt and pepper. The salt and pepper, of course. Yes, yes. So the, uh, the spiced cherry, I got some spiced cherry bitters here. We've been playing with all these. But again, this is was just made with the Woodford Reserve uh, products in mind, and they are delicious. Uh, again, all these products, bourbonbarrelfoods.com is the best place to find these, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was telling you a story when we got interrupted. Yes, yes, please. Um, you know, I, I, I feel very fortunate to be where we are because this, like I said, was not a, a thought, you know, when I wrote my business plan to just make one product uh, but you know as things evolved uh, you know it was just kind of how we've we've run our company since then it's you know it's adapt evolve and uh, diversify you know it's you know we constantly have to be innovative and especially in a time like right now right uh, I started with the idea for one product I have over 90 now which sounds like a lot but you know, every year we, we review what it is that we do and like try and identify one that might not be selling that we need to get rid of, but we don't launch dogs, you know, right. so it's, we've kept them. Um, we've kept all, all of them, you know, and it's, you know, six years ago I got into retail. So we have uh, our own retail stores. Um, and this past November, I opened up a marketplace, you know, where we have a, almost a 30 foot bar made out of barrel staves in a gourmet market. And we do food there. And, um, you know, it's like when, when stuff starts to come together, it's 
you know, all right, what's next? But it, it's all been fun. I mean, I can't imagine doing anything other than what it is that I'm doing now. And, I, you know, it's I'm waxing here a little bit, but my kids don't know their father doing anything other than this. <laughs> it's not cool anymore. I'll say that. But I think that they've been able to witness somebody, you know, very close to them as their dad doing something that he's passionate about. Yes, you and you have, and your passion shows through in the amazing products you make. Uh, you were before this. What were you doing before you created the company? I was a chef, so I actually had dropped out of graduate school at the University of Florida. I was studying exercise physiology. Uh, I did triathlon for like ten years. I was a level two triathlon coach, so I I, I coached juniors um, down in Florida. Um, when I dropped out of grad school, I started on a, I started cooking. It was a hobby that uh, I realized I was pretty good at. And I was, it became a, it was, I realized it was a passion, um, but it wasn't going to be a career for me. Um, when, when uh, we started having children, I had to kind of step out of the kitchen um, and, you know, a chef's life is, you know, that's, that's hard. It's difficult hours. And right. so, when you go into a relationship, someone should, you know, that that's usually discussed ahead of time. <laughs> How different it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> working, working, yeah. working in the hospitality. No, that's, um, that's, 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 and it's such a, it's such a cool story that you've, you've been able to grow this from your soy sauce. Uh, and I have a couple of your soy sauces right here. Um, I believe, let's see, I don't, I'm forgetting your, your original one. This, the bluegrass soy sauce was your original yeah. soy sauce, right? Yeah. Now the office should have sent you one of everything we make. Yeah. No, we got <laughs> we got some of the imperial soy sauce too. Yes. So, so the, uh, tell me about what, how do you go about making the soy sauce, and what makes it you know if it, with that bourbon barrel and the way you do it, what makes it so different than other soy sauces? I know I've had it many times, and I love it. What makes it so different than other soy sauces? So we brew in a very strict Japanese tradition, you know, our ratios of soybeans to wheat. Um, you know, we use a different water source than the Japanese would ever consider using. They would only ever use soft water for their soy sauce. We use a hard water. We use the same water that distillers use. It's, it's hard. Uh, it's that limestone filtered spring water that gives bourbon body. Uh, also reacts well with the yeasts, all those minerals and nutrients in there. Uh, we use it for those same exact reasons. And, you know, it wasn't, I had been making soy sauce here in Louisville for 10 years before I ever made my first trek to Japan. And since then, I've been there five times. I've toured several soy sauce breweries. I've met, and uh, one of my closest friends within the industry is regarded as the world's best soy sauce brewer. Um, and having this conversation with him about the water, he was like, no, no, it's too hard for soy sauce. But then I, I explained how close it was to our terroir. It was an important part of our terroir. You know, um, it, it told a story. And then after that, he was like, you know, I, I, I get it. I understand it. Um, but also, you know, Americans use soy sauce in a whole different way than Japanese do. You right. know, we use it like we would ketchup. You know, we drown stuff in it. Right. Um, we love those bold flavors, you know, condiments on everything. The Japanese use just enough soy sauce to enhance. It's their salt and pepper. And so 
if you're using it in Japan and, and you can't taste what it is you're actually supposed to eat, it's considered offensive to the food. Right. And um, so ours is different in that it has that bolder flavor. You know, um, if we were doing the same exact thing that they were in Japan, then how exciting would it be? Then I'd just be a, you know, bonder guy in Kentucky making what everybody else was making. But you're really bringing this Kentucky element to the soy sauce, which brings it all the way through the flavor. When it gets against the wood, and and the and and I presume for the most part in the lifetime of bourbon barrel foods, you've used all types of of used bourbon barrels from different brands, different types of bourbons, different ages. Is that is that correct? I have, I have, and just given the complexity of the flavors of soy, it's really hard right. to discern which barrel you're using. Right. So, whereas with the Woodford products, uh, we use Woodford barrels. With right. our product, we use uh, whichever one's the most cost-effective. Right, right. So this That's is almost this never is... Woodford barrel. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to bring the flavors of the whiskey, just like any kind of finishing wood. Uh, the soy sauce will bring those flavors outside of the barrel, uh, and then what happens? What flavors are you looking that barrel to impart, and then what happens? Well, you know, soy sauce is meaty, brothy, leathery. You know, you pick up on a little bit of that oak that's in there. You know, it's that mild sweetness that's in there. Uh, soy sauce is sweet because of the wheat that exists in it, but it's only enhanced with those flavors that come out of the barrel. Right. So whenever it's done, is it much like a process with bourbon, you you mingle different barrels together, or some of these actually like, like single barrels, like we would have with bourbon. You get single barrel selection on our soy sauce. So these are all single barrels. Have you noticed on on the label they're they're printed, you know, batch and bottle. This actually does all of your not not just this one, but all of them are are, are single barrels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we we get about a thousand bottles right. per barrel. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put that up there. So, so you might. My father used to handwrite all the labels. Wow. Um, he's almost 80. And whereas I could make him do it if I wanted, I just was, it was way too much for him. And so we could, took his handwriting and turned it into a font. <laughs> now it's, now it's a little bit easier. Uh, it's actually called Big Ken. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the font is the uh the imperial soy sauce that's a little that's uh that's double fermented then what's the how does this one differ a little bit okay so when we make our soy sauce we we cook beans roast wheat we inoculate those we age them for a few days and then we put them into a brine right um and and uh the mash sits and is stirred for about a year uh and then we press the soy sauce out um and then we bottle it and a double fermented we're taking a batch of harvested soy sauce uh, rather than a brine. And we're taking, you know, the soybeans, the wheat, the yeast is called a koji. And we're taking that koji and putting it back into soy sauce for another six months. And so you can see just by looking in the barrel and tilting it back and forth and how it coats the glass, how different the two products are. Just how, how different um, it is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I named it Imperial. I mean, it has no way to denote what kind of product. It, I mean, the type of product it is is double fermented. I just gave it a fancy name. Yes, I I love it. And then we also have Ponzu. You make a Ponzu as well. 
Ponzu. So yeah, so traditional Japanese ponzu would be, you know, some rice wine vinegar, some lemon juice, soy sauce, obviously, uh, bonita flakes, a pinch of cayenne and sake. And we use all those with the exception of the sake. We use 100 proof old Forrester. You use 100 proof old Forrester. Wow. We do. Yeah. And that's part of part of the base. That's part of the flavor profile of our ponzu. Nice. Actually, so within my industry, there's, you know, every industry has its awards, but we have a fancy food award. And so that won a gold medal uh, last year. Congratulations on that. All delicious products. Such amazing stuff. You have the, and we'll talk a little bit more about your bitters uh, in a moment. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, um, I'm, I've been trying, playing with the, uh, the different Woodford bitters. There is also a sauerkraut and sorghum one right there. That's yeah. beautiful as well. And also on the Woodford line, you also have um, some cocktail syrups as well. The, uh, you have a mint tulip syrup, so that just allows you kind of to have that instant mint note, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a real mint extract in there. We tried to make it with real mint all the way through, but man, I mean, you wouldn't imagine like the problems we had with it, not only trying to strip the leaves off of you know what a hundred pounds of mint looks like? I mean, it's kind of hard to envision. Right. Uh, but, you know, we settled in on that flavor and we're really happy with it. We do another syrup for Woodford, but you have to live outside the U.S. to be able to buy it. Um, we do an old fashioned syrup for them, sold in Europe, um, soon to be Australia, uh, Japan. And that's one that you can't get the old fashioned cocktail syrup here. You have to go outside the U.S. Exactly, exactly. That's the limited one. And then, of yeah. course, uh, Old Forester. We uh, we we had our we had our Derby Day celebration uh, last week, and we featured some Old Forester on our Bourbon Blog Live. Uh, so we we had some Old Forester. We this next cocktail we made with Old Forester. You have an Old Forester line as well of of bitters. Yes. So we worked pretty closely with Jackie on developing yeah. these flavors. Uh, she told us what she wanted and we gave it to her, you know, and it was, uh, um, you know, she signed off on it. So I assume she, she's thrilled with the flavor of them. We get nothing but compliments on them. I think they're delicious. They really she are. Hit a home, she hit a home run with these. Um, you know, they, uh, these are, uh, you know, these are special. I mean, two of them, you don't see many bitters out there that use bourbon as a base. And so two of these use 100 proof Old Forester in their base. Um, the, actually, in the, as the base itself. Yeah, look at the ingredient list. So with the exception of the hummingbird bitters, uh, the Bohemian and the smoked cinnamon both use 100 proof Old Forester. Oh, wow. So the base, whereas with the other bitters... Yeah. Was the uh, was the was the bark was the was other elements that you that you make into alcohol? This is that. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I don't know if you can see the color. But, yeah, uh, I definitely do. I, this I had the cinnamon up in front of me. Yeah, and I've got the uh, I've got the Bohemian in front of me. Yeah, um, and then she did some other things. She asked us to do that were that are very crafty, and you know the you know when people taste them, they're just floored by you know, how much flavor that they, they have. And there's a, a tincture that we do that's salt and pepper. It's like a saline and bartenders use this a lot as a balancer. We do 
just with our smoked salt and smoked pepper. And I've had chefs come in for tastings and want to put this on their table as their salt and pepper. I mean, it's a, it's a, I'm going to lick some off my hand. Did you actually get right here to the texture? Yeah, I'll try it with you. Yeah, did I think I noticed a recipe for it? Was it a, a, a muted Boulevardier on your website with that one? Is that? Uh, it's possible. Yep. I, but it I'll actually becomes like a how do you how do you make this tincture then? You're getting salt and pepper. How does this how is this created? Well, this is easy. So this is we're making a brine. So it's salt, water, and then we flavor it with pepper. And they're just both smoked. And so you pick up on that smokiness, but then you know the salt and pepper combination is is uh balanced just right like she really knew what she was doing on this one and uh, it's one of those products that i believe in um it's not a big seller for us but it's one i like to talk about a lot kind of like with bourbon barrel foods i love my sesame seeds they're bourbon smoked sesame seeds um but people shy away from them you know but all i do is talk about how much i love them they're one of my one of the favorite things that i make um, one of the other things in the old forester line we do is oleosaccharum and it's a lemon oil, but it requires us to, at first we were hand peeling about four to 500 lemons at a time just for the peel. Um, and then we, you know, we macerate it, we draw the oil off of it and then we make this lemon syrup, which is a great, um, cocktail provision. I mean, it, it the flavor that it has, uh, you know, added to anything, whether it's like, I'll drink it with just tonic water and maybe a couple of da uh, dashes of bitters. Um, wow. But that one is, you know, we've since uh, scaled up our operation with that. I bought this kick-ass machine at the Restaurant Association show last year. Uh, I should send you a video of it. It is a peeler and it is totally robotic. All we have to do is like put the lemon on this these three prongs this arm swings down and only takes the peel off, leaves the pith on and everything. And actually, so we didn't have to throw away the meat of the lemon. That's what we started pressing to make our ponzu. Wow. That's, I don't throw it away. It's all- You're, just, you're always using something there. To, to I hate waste. Me. I've always hated waste. <laughs> I like it. Do you have any questions for Matt Jamie about, uh, well, how, Bourbon barrels affect food flavor uh, about his products. Ask those down below. Um, both delicious. Again, we did an old, we used Old Forester and we just now, and we did this, um, this Manhattan with it, with the, with the cinnamon, which again is a hundred proof Old Forester base. Um, and then what else, what else are you at? You're, you're, you're using, you're smoking cinnamon and you're putting the real, these are all real elements. All these flavors are real. This is such. All so real. Fun. Yeah. All real. Yeah. So you should come by and visit us again. I know. So I love talking to, to people like you that have that met me when I was first starting. And so you can see the growth. I know that sometimes from afar, you can say, yeah, you know, Matt's company is growing. But, you know, we went from doing everything in my basement to, I, um, you know, we have a 25,000 square foot warehouse and manufacturing facility in, in Butchertown where we do all our smoking and soy sauce uh, manufacturing. Um, sorry, my cat usually tries to make an appearance on camera, but right, oh shit! But right now he's like just making noise in the corner. What's your, um, what's your cat's name? <laughs> uh, that one's Toby, and then I have oh. CJ, and then my dog Shelly is in the other room. 
Our cats uh, do that too. It's all right. Both kids gone at the moment. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's the whole thing with bourbon barrel foods is that we want to be genuine and stay true to our ideals from, from when we started, you know, right. sourcing as, as local as possible. We came out with a line of jams and jellies last year, and I could have gone anywhere to have them made, but I, I worked with a husband and wife in Pikeville, Kentucky, and, and we agreed to source all the fruit that we use for our stuff from within the state. So I bet you didn't know we have a Blueberry Growers Association in Kentucky. That's incredible. So, so many, just always something new. And, you know, you and I have both, we both started around the same time, back when we started Bourbon Blog about 15 years ago or so. New Bourbon Barrel Foods, we both have seen it grow and also just the interest in this. I mean, I think people always were interested in your soy sauce, but how have you seen the interest in what you do mixing culinary cuisine with whiskey, bourbon? How have you seen that growing and where do you think it's growing to? Well, the thing that I've experienced with it is, uh, you know, definitely seen the growth within the U.S., but realizing it on a global level um, was almost surreal for a little bit. Um, now it's a reality and just seeing where where the products are being shipped uh, and how they're being used, it's, you know, it, it, you know, we're sometimes we're too close, you know, when we're here. It's in our faces all the time. We're so aware of it, but you can go, you know, up in Indiana and bourbon, you know, is just as popular, you know, and, but we're, we end up being the experts. Yes. You know, um, you know so it's getting out, getting away, um, and also helps to realize just what a fantastic thing we've been sitting on here. And, you know, how popular and, you know, I can my office is in Butchertown on Fridays. I'll go over, you know, when it's open, I'll go over to Butchertown Grocery and sit at the bar and um, have lunch. And now on Fridays, nobody is from Louisville at that bar. They're all in town. And I hope this happens again. I know this will happen again when everything opens up. But everybody there is from out of town and they're visiting. It wasn't like that when I started, you know, right. the, when I would visit the distilleries trying to get them to buy my products, like they all had the same stuff on their shelves, you know, so we helped with that kind of diversification to have then something new, them right. transition. They, they all transitioned into these welcome centers and these home places that, you know, are there to embrace people that are coming to visit and each experience is unique and it's so important. And that's one of the things that evolved, you know, in the, and that had to do with, you know, the local, like the Louisville CVB, you know, the state tourism board, all getting on board and realizing that, hey, this is something that we need to embrace. Right. And it's definitely it's definitely been embraced. And it is so much fun to see so many people coming to visit Kentucky for the bourbon, for these products, uh, to really get a taste of this. Uh, the jams, the jellies, all these products are available on uh, bourbonbarrelfoods.com. People can find all yeah. On yeah. that website, you got. Tell us about the salts and peppers too, though, and and the sugars. Those are really a lot of fun. So, salt was one of my first products. It is domestically harvested solar evaporated sea salt. Uh, we smoke it uh, in our warehouse. We I used to outsource that smoking, but um, you know we get it from the Pacific Northwest, and it just you know we were buying so much salt 
from them that it just made sense to eventually get our own smokers. And so now we do everything in house. Uh, And when I grew up, if you asked for the salt, you got past the pepper at the same time. So, you know, if you have salt, you got to have a pepper. And then, uh, you know, maybe 13 years ago, smoked paprika was one of the most popular spices on the market. And so that's why we started doing that. And even our peppers, the paprika peppers that we buy are grown domestically. So we work with a farm in Las Cruces, New Mexico for that. Um, you know, the sugar is just a fun one to do. It's a raw sugar. Um, sugar sucks in the smoke really well. Uh, I accidentally put it in my coffee one morning. I didn't think it would taste good, but it really does. Um, you, you know, put, some of the other things in your just kind of made sense. Are the, What's that? you put in your coffee? My smoked sugar. The smoked sugar. It went to the coffee and it just kind of gave a nice smoky sweet note, huh? I drink real bitter coffee, man. And so I wasn't sure it was going to work, but it, it did. It did. Um, you know, we've expanded our product line now. To, like we have charcuteries. So we do a sobrasada, which is like a, it's a spreadable chorizo. Uh, uses our paprika. We do a bacon now with broad bent bacon wow. where it's crusted with our peppercorns. Um, we can't keep it in stock. Uh, so, you know, I, I had to grow to the point where we had the ability to kind of grow into these other product categories. Um, our snack category, we do peanuts, pecans, popcorn, um, is our fastest growing category. When you're talking about the smoked sugars, uh, peppers, salts, um, man, I understand what you're doing. With it, it, these are used bourbon barrels, but give us an idea of what that looks like. How are how is the smoke coming off the, the barrel, and and how's how's that actually influencing the um, the salts, the peppers? So our smokers, I have three of them, and they look like pickup trucks. So they're big. Um, you know, we fit maybe three, four hundred pounds of salts per smoker. Um, and there's a tinder box in the back. So when I first started, I was buying barrels and breaking them down. Barrels aren't cheap. You know, they were a lot cheaper then, uh, but they only went up in price. Um, so what we do, like the cooperages here in town will buy barrels back from the distillery and recondition them and resell them. Um, so we buy all the, the damaged staves from used barrels. They just stack them up on a pallet for us. They're about 1,500 pound pallets. So we're getting damaged staves those go straight into the tinder box they probably for 500 pounds of of salt they're probably using 10 maybe 12 staves for that um they burn slowly they're made out of oak um they've been soaked with bourbon for you know four years plus so they impart a very unique flavor um it's one guy's job at the warehouse he's the pit master and he runs all three smokers um and he you know, he crushes it for me. You know, when I started, I was smoking in a little smoker that looked like a dorm room refrigerator. I was lucky if I got 20 pounds a month, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that, that aspect of it has grown. You know, I, I still, I still write all the protocols for everything and then (laughs) follow up, make sure, but you know, the, the smoker area is his area. And we didn't have to shut down during COVID, so it was. But you've uh, continued to make what you're making. Um, great sugar, salts, peppers, as we were mentioning. And, and if people are thinking about using it in your coffee, this would be something that if you're going to use salt and pepper on on a dish, 
just that little bit of extra smoke and that influence of bourbon, it's just going to really help elevate it then, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the layer of flavor. The layer of flavor. You know? I mean, it, it's, again, I, I make condiments. I make spices. So right. they're there to enhance. Um, you know, the, the, the paprika, um, you know, it adds such a level of smoke that we have vegetarian customers that rely on it. You know, they might be the type of vegetarian that remembers what, how good bacon tasted. And this is as close as they're going to come. Um, you know, they, you know, used alone or used together, they all, uh, you know, they all work. They all work well. Excellent. And again, if you're just joining us, we're talking with my good friend, Matt Jamie, founder of Bourbon Barrel Foods in Louisville, Kentucky. And if you have any questions for Matt, uh, please ask them down below. Uh, so many great, uh, you said 91 different products? What? You said 91 different products you make? Over 90. Yeah. Over 90. 90. There's, yeah. there's the website, bourbonbarrelfoods.com. If you want to check out what they do, you're watching us live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and also now Instagram. We, we were streaming on Instagram live at Bourbon Blog. So you're watching us one of those places. You can watch us all those places. And we're here every night uh, live. At 8 p.m. Eastern, interviewing someone great in the whiskey, spirits, bourbon world. And I think, uh, Matt, maybe our first uh, food bourbon, like this is like the, that, the name of your book, being Eat Your Bourbon. I think you're the first that we're interviewing to have the, the cuisine tie-in that I know of in our 55 episodes, I think, since, since COVID we've been doing this. I'll show people your book, though, here, Eat Your Bourbon. Uh, what what inspired the book? What, what, what led you to, uh, I guess... A lot inspired us, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, that book took us three years. It, it should have taken less. I was the limiting factor in getting that book completed. But, um, but you know, to sell products like mine, you have to have supporting material. And so we, at one, you know, we finally realized it's like, okay, it's time for a book. We have recipes that we've developed for each one of these products. Let's let's get it out there. And so. Um, we took the opportunity within the book to kind of tell the story about how, it, you know, how I started and how we've grown. And, um, you know, it's we did it in-house. We wrote that ourselves. Uh, you know, I have in-house graphic designer. We have uh, a uh, test chef on staff that that did all the recipe testing and food styling. She crushed it. She was so detail oriented. Uh, Susan Wynn, she's on the she's uh, on the book on the front of the book as well her name um and so eat your bourbon was uh you know i i trademarked that in 2012 and i actually sued arby's over it um i don't know five years ago maybe and i won uh very cool woke up one day uh ed lee texted me he's like hey did you know arby's is using your tagline and i'm like no i had no idea he's like yeah ving rames is screaming it on the tv like every was it october is bourbon heritage month and they'd come out with their bourbon bacon sandwich or whatever and uh, it was like eat your bourbon and you know it's like hey i got that and i think they knew it was trademarked they just didn't think i'd want it that i would defend it um and honestly, it cost me a lot of money and I didn't win anything other than, you know, the fact that I sued Arby's and won. You know, I could say that. That's what you got. Now, when you yeah. you sent them a cease and desist, did they continue to did they continue to run it? Yeah, I called wow. our 
So you gave them a chance much. and they kept on going. No, they, they didn't keep on going. They pulled it pretty much right away. Okay. Uh, but my trademark lawyer, he said, you know, if it's worth marking, it's worth defending. Defend you know, it. So if you don't defend it this time, then everybody else is going to use it. And then there's precedent set and you'll never right. win. So you know, I think it cost me $5,000. We got maybe $5,000 worth of publicity out of it. Sure. Um, and you know, it just, they used it again one time, but then they said, oh, we don't have any control of our independent uh, franchisees. And I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. But, you know, it went away. It went away. It went away. That's, it, and now you have the story to tell. And, 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 and you should. I mean, when you have a good trademark like that, it's important to, uh, to defend it. And if you're well, going to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've incorporated it into our brand a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. In the last few years. So. Yeah. If you're going to eat your bourbon, the way to do it is with Bourbon Barrel Foods. There's there's no one else doing quite this array of foods with uh, with bourbon. And then you can see some of the recipes in here are donut holes and toppings. I'm going to try to show that. Uh, that one is made with the uh, bourbon vanilla sugar, right? Uh, yeah. Another uh, fire-roasted gazpacho made with all your, your sea salt, your pepper, your sugar, all kinds of stuff. Just all kinds of great recipes. All kinds of new ways that not only will inspire people to use your product, but will just inspire people to think about how bourbon and these elements can help elevate those flavors. Uh, could this happen with, I mean, you know, talk about why bourbon is so special. Because, I mean, I, I know there's an approachability, there's a complexity, sweetness, the umami, all these things bourbon can give. But why is it that you can use bourbon barrels and this can be so special, but... What if you tried using other types of whiskey barrels, right? If this was other whiskey barrels, would it would it do quite I mean, the same thing? Why is bourbon so so special to what you do? Well, it's because where I live mostly, right? And I don't know, you know, I've been doing this going on fifteen years. Uh, when I first started, the barrels were free, right. you know, and so they were there. And it's the same reason why Tabasco uses barrels to age their mash. Right. Because they were just piling up down in New Orleans. You know, like they had to do right. something with them. And so, you know, that people using them to age in. I mean, people have them as planters around here now because bourbon's popular. But before it was because they were cheap and everywhere and they just couldn't get rid of them, you know. Right. Uh they were bet, you know, the place where we were buying our barrels from where I, where I went first, where I was, where, when I first started having to buy them prior to that, they were grinding barrels up and sending it to Churchill Downs to bed horse stalls. You know, wow. now they sell every little bit of that barrel, you know, whether it's to a company like mine or a brewery or, you know, uh, if they're aging something like, you know, maple syrup in it or tequila or scotch or they're making furniture out of it now, but they're selling the barrel staves, they're selling the barrel heads, they're selling the hoops. My warehouse has about a dozen lights that we had made out of barrel hoops. Um, they're like pigs. You can use every last bit of them. And this is and this becomes the next life, the second life uh, for, for bourbon, because we know that you can only use the barrel once for bourbon, but this becomes the next life in part. Uh, other flavors. And no, I agree. I think that's it's so important that you've embraced uh, the flavors of Kentucky, the barrels. And I do think that there's something so special about those barrels, which have made uh, your products uh, that much more 
unique. Uh, what I'm um, looking at these other products. So hummingbird bitters, Bohemian bitters. Um, a lot of these based on classic recipes. What are the What are the Bohemian bitters? What are What's the base of those? I tried those. I like. Oh, God, you put me on the spot here. Uh, so that's got the Old Forester hundred proof base. Yes. Um, what you're going to pick up on the most in there is the smoked cacao nibs in it. So that's a product that we make. Uh, it also has our smoked pepper in there. Um, you know the the hummingbird, I believe, has the the rose petals in it. Is that yep. right? Yep. Yeah, so it's a bit Great. more floral. Yes. A bit more floral. Um, but. So I forgot to tell my mom I was getting interviewed. Otherwise, she might be the one person watching me. Uh, <laughs> I think you got quite a few people watching that really enjoy what you do. <laughs> we're going to keep this video on. She can rewatch it. She can rewatch it. So that's, that's something you can do is just taste these side by side. We can actually put these right there on our... Um, yeah, you know it's like the best way to do this yeah. is to have each one of these in front of you. Just drop it on the back of your hand. Drop it on because that way you can paste them back to back. I'll put a little bohemian well, on here. When we first started doing soy sauce tastings, people looked at us like we were crazy. But honestly, soy sauce is a relatively new condiment to the U.S. It's been here less than yeah. six, less than seventy five years, and so we do flights of it, and people get to see. The variance in color, texture, flavor, finish. And so we, we started doing the same thing with the bitters. You know, for the longest time, all that was available was Angostura. But now there's all these craft bitters companies out there. And, you know, a lot of them taste the same. And these are all really, really unique. You know, it's you've got to taste them side by side. And, and there's some recipes on the website that Old Forrester gave us that we use um, that that balance them together, you know, that use them, you know, it's not just one or the other. It's, you know, you can add a little bit of spice, but also a little floral to it at the same time, but just a drop or two. Just those little drops make, make all the difference. I also, yeah. I forgot. There's one other I have here that ah. uh, the Jack Daniels. Oh yeah. Ah, so that one, uh, was supposed to launch and well we've been selling it since march but i don't think the official launch is going to happen until june um but that was a special project that we worked on with jack daniels and really excited about it um you know i i think in life there's certain things that prepare you for certain moments and so if i look back you know everything that i went through with my company whether it was a success or a failure was to prepare me to deal with something like this. And, you know, we're a smarter company. Um, we move fast. Um, you know, we move as fast as we're told sometimes. Um, but you know, that Jack bitters is special. Um, it, I think it's, you know, you know, I, I don't drink anymore, but my favorite drink when I was drinking was a whiskey sour and, okay. It was putting that on top of it was just the best. Wow. Just the best. So this um, would be great in a whiskey sour then. And there is, there's Jack Daniels in it. There's actually some Jack in this. Is it, So part of the base is Jack. Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. Just the regular straight Jack recipe. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we buy drums of Jack Daniels. Nice. From Lynchburg. Um, yeah, it's kind of insane. I get some like citrus flavors in this too. What else is in this? Uh, 
I'd have to look at it, man. You're putting me on the spot. No, that's okay. I don't have any here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I get citrus. I get some nice bright, but kind of has some nice bright but umami notes. It's really beautiful. So yeah. this one will be out. This is out now or will be on soon? Yeah, you can buy it. Um, it's at my retail store. We have it. Um, and then we've shipped it around the country to different uh I think we, I could get you a list, but I think uh, ABC down in Florida, we shipped some stuff there. Uh, right. Total Wine uh, took an order. Um, I don't know how quickly they're getting stuff out on the shelves, so don't hold me to this. But, you know, we've been shipping it around the country. That's incredible. So many amazing products. Uh, delicious. You look, products. The, you, you look on the back of that label, it says whiskey barrel foods. Oh, it's whiskey barrel foods. A little different than that's you, but in a different <laughs> It's me, but it's not me. It's you, but it's not you. All right. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, this one right here. This is done. This is actually in a um, a bitters bottle, but it's a soy sauce. What's the? This is. Yeah, so that's just like a tincture bottle. This is uh, more that's of a tincture. Smoked smoked soy sauce. So that's okay. our bluegrass soy sauce, and we smoke it the same way we smoke our spices. Okay, so uh, it can be used as a tincture, or as a as a soy sauce. Well, yeah. I mean, so we put it in that little bottle. Have you tasted it yet? I'm about, I'm about to try it. Yeah, I want to see the look on your face. Oh man, it's, <laughs> it's smoking. It has that saltiness, and it it sort of has that almost like a ham house sort of a a, a nose and flavor. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. So yeah. my daughter, she's she's 15 now, but when we first developed that product, I think she was like 11. And she tastes it. She's like, tastes like a ham sandwich. Yeah, like, it's like a ham house, but it's like you walk into the smoky ham house on. in Kentucky. So that's, yeah, that's really popular with uh, with our you know our retail consumers. Uh, Beautiful. The, the imperial is what the chefs love. Chefs love the imperial. So, what would you use this on though? What, what do you have any favorite? Uh, they're all interchangeable with anything you'd put soy sauce on. It's just going to be a different flavor type. Uh, it's in that tincture dropper top bottle. Right, because it's intense, you know that look you had on your face when you tasted it, and you're like, "Wow, that one little drop made." It's just a little bit's all you need. It, it, it's a, a little dab will do you. Sometimes that's all you need with uh, some products. I mean, yes. that's I mean that's and that's the beauty of, of I think of of what these showcases. All you need is just um, a little bit. And again, people can find you in Louisville. Uh, describe where you are. I mean, I, I know where you are, but just kind of describe where you are. So yeah. Can... So, you know, we have a we have a factory store in Butchertown and in, inside Butchertown Market. It's 1201 Story Avenue. We have our flagship retail store next to our marketplace in Crescent Hill, uh, 2710 and 2708 Frankfurt Avenue. Um, you know, we'll open up the, the restaurant part of it, uh, I guess, on the 21st of this month. We also have our another Bourbon Barrel Foods branded store in Logan Street Market. But you can find our products around the country, uh, every single state, um, you know, in your favorite gourmet food store. Right. If you can't find it there, you tell us who they are and we'll contact them. But, you know, there was a time I could tell you exactly who had the stuff. I, I just can't. I, I don't anymore. And so. now there's so many people who have it. There's so many stories you can find this at. It's a good thing. But, but you can find it on our website easily. Yeah. It's bourbonbarrelfoods.com. Yeah, it's it's so many great products, the bitters, the tinctures, the soy sauce, uh, the salts. I mean, this really will amplify a bourbon. If you're a bourbon or whiskey enthusiast, uh, it'll amplify the flavors. Even if you're not, these are still this is still going to just really make the flavors explode in a, in a whole new way. OK, so what I tried 
again, was uh, an old-fashioned made with the chocolate bitters, and we used some Copper and King's brandy. Your neighbors, as you were saying, of course, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that was a beautiful um, old-fashioned with the chocolate bitters. And then uh, I tried, um, we, we used uh, Old Forester. We kept it on the Old Forester angle. I used the Old Forester with the cinnamon, and that cinnamon worked so beautifully and just really just gave it that spice, not overly spice, but some really, you know, serious, real, beautiful spice that, you know, you just don't find that kind of cinnamon spice on most bitters and most cocktails. So I'm sure the uh, the home bartenders are loving this. The mixologists are loving this. What, what have you seen during, um, I mean, obviously a lot more people and we miss our bartenders and we're thinking of the people in hospitality, of course, but a lot more people getting experimental with cocktails uh, and, and cooking at home. Uh, yeah. during COVID. What have you seen in your business and what have you observed? What do you think going forward from this period of time? What are your thoughts? Um, so when this first started, um, you know, I pulled my team together and, you know, we made a, the decision that, uh, you know, we were going to push people towards our website. And, you know, we had uh, our website functions extremely well, even when it's not COVID. I mean, it it, uh, it's, it's probably about maybe 15 to 20% of our revenue, but it has exceeded that in the last two months, you know, giving us numbers that are kind of more along the lines of like a December for us exceeding right. that. And so we were the benefit of that, um, able to keep our production open because of the type of place that we are, we are within, we are creating stuff for the food chain, um, uh, and our marketplace could stay open because we were a, a, a grocery, you know, technically. And so we were able to keep that open. We, we limited the hours. Um, but our whole thing during this was to, you know, innovate and evolve and be ready for when it's over. But, uh, you know, my friend Edward Lee, you know, has just been crushing it with his Lee initiative thing. And yeah. we tried to support him as much as we possibly could um, and and. Through the month of April, uh, we gave a dollar for each product sold on our website to the Lee Initiative. Wow! Um, their uh, their their uh, Chef Relief program. Um, you know, I'm I'm really close to the food and bev industry. You know, and it, right. it's just painful to see that. And I just, you know, I hope that uh, when we do get back to normal, that my friends have you know survived and are ready to open and hit the ground running. I know it's not going to be easy. You know, people are going to be afraid to go out, you know, but I'm very optimistic that, you know, this will end. It's, it hasn't been ideal. It's definitely not normal, but, you know, we have to, you know, we have to act as if, you know, as if this is going to end and just be prepared for when it's over. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And, um, Thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, the um, Make sure everybody knows the, the website. Also, you can go on to learn about the Lee Initiative, leeinitiative.org. Um, Chef Edward Lee and his team there are doing some great job for the Restaurant Reboot Relief Program, Restaurant Workers Relief Program. We did a little article right when that first came out, and I'm glad to see that's, that's that you're supporting that and, and others are, and that's wonderful. Um, and we are excited to see all our restaurant industry friends and, and hopefully to get back uh, to your place and see all the new great things you have happening. Matt Jamie, founder of Bourbon Barrel Foods. Uh, it's so exciting to know that when you first started this, that bourbonblog.com back in our 
early days was one of your first interviews and so glad to have you on our bourbonblog.com nightly live series um, to see how we both grown and and uh, I look the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping we both just have gotten better looking. I think that's the case. Yeah. Really, you know, the, the bourbon Definitely. and you know, all these great things have kept us young, but uh, no, it's 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 great to see you, man. You've you've done a wonderful job, and um, congratulations. And I encourage everybody check out bourbonbarrelfoods.com and check out their products. Try some new ones, and this is so much fun to, to play with these bitters. We actually are going to be um, here in about thirty minutes. I'm going to be joining some of my friends from a website called uh, Men Who Blog, and we're all going to taste an uh, that Clyde Mays Alabama whiskey. Have you tried any of that? No. And it's good stuff. And they have a they have a rye whiskey. I actually made a rye whiskey uh, old fashioned last night with the chocolate bitters, and it was incredible. So uh, be watching that later on if you are watching now. Tune in a little while for us to um, to taste the Clyde Maze. But uh, until then, Matt, thanks so much for joining us uh, from your uh, from your car to your uh, couch. It was fun. I'm so sorry about that. No, it's okay. It was a lot of fun. It it, it felt real. I think. People were really tuning in, like, what's going on here? They were wanting to see what was going to happen next. Um, uh, but it was a lot of fun having you, Matt. And thanks for all your support and friendship over the years. And cheers. Congratulations to you as you've uh, as you've grown the business, man. Cheers to you. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, my friend. And thanks to everyone watching us. Make sure you watch us every night there, 8 p.m. Eastern, bourbonblog.com forward slash live. All right, Matt. Thanks. That was great, buddy. It's so